This episode of Vic's Basement is brought to you by EB Games. Support us by buying your video games at EB Games. Welcome to the Rocket and Reagan Awards for the year 2014. We've got 16 games going down to one. I know, I must say we're all looking fantastic right now. Um, except, uh, what's happening, Jones? Did you not get the memo? We were supposed to be ready five minutes ago. This is just yeah. what I wear. Oh, okay. Welcome to Reviews in the Run. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are going to have a blast over the next few days. We've got a very difficult task. We do things differently around here. We've got a bracket style set up for the Rocket and Raygun Awards. It's 16 games going down to one. And our first head-to-head -head is Mario Kart 8 going up against Dark Souls 2. We're going to get a vote from everybody. We're going to start with Ben. What do you think about this matchup? This is like good versus evil. I know. Do you want to play a game that's going to make you feel great? Or do you want to play a game that's going to make you feel terrible? <laughs> and then eventually feel great. For me, this is a very tough decision because I love both of these games. And I'm going to actually choose the game I didn't think I was going to choose when I first saw this matchup. I'm going with Dark Souls 2. And I think the crowd here is probably going to go Mario card but I love Dark Souls 2 I love how much I hate this game and then how much I'm forced to love it and more than anything I love what this game has done to my friend Jose Sanchez I think <laughs> it's time for you to finally reveal to all of these people the truth about Dark Souls 2 my friend well, the truth is that when I first started playing this game even when I played the first one I, I hate it can't stand Dark Souls 2. Like, why do I want to play a game that is going to torture me? Nobody wants to do this. There's tons of people out there, apparently, who love doing that. I came to love this game. I sure did. I loved it so much. Over 100 hours into the deepest, darkest pit of my souls into this game. But unfortunately for me, Mario Kart is up against Dark Souls 2. Now, one thing Nintendo has done right all year long, it's put out games that actually work. And I had a blast playing Mario Kart. It was great seeing it and getting to play online with my friends. I'm going to give my nod to Mario Kart. I feel so vindicated. I'm glad that you've said it publicly. Right. I did. I love it, okay? So Dark Souls 2, one vote, one vote for Mario, Mario Kart. Mario Kart. I'm definitely going with Mario Kart for obvious reasons. But I have to say, Jose, that I did agree with your initial sentiments about Dark Souls because you're right. I don't like to be tortured when I'm playing a video game. And that game is torturous. It's also deep and very depressing, it but is. you're voting for Mario Kart. I'm voting for Mario Kart. Yes, it's just great family fun and all my favorite characters are there. I mean, why not? Okay, Scott, which one are you going to vote for? Dark Souls, because I despise Mario Kart. Okay. I've played this game. I own multiple copies of it already. It's the same damn game, people. Do I need to play it again? I don't think so. It's all for Dark Souls 2. Okay, all right, Steve, which one are you going to vote for? I was right there with you. I thought I was done with this franchise. I played it again and again, but there was something about Mario Kart 8 that just sucked me right back in. It's just pure crystallized fun that only Nintendo knows how to do. So I gotta go with my heart and my heart's with Mario Kart. So three votes for Mario Kart, two so far for Dark Souls 2. Raju, which one are you voting for? Well, do I look like a masochist? Because uh, <laughs> I'm not a Dark Souls 2 fan. Mario Kart 8 is a game that brought my wife back to gaming. And so tons of actual family fun. Absolutely. Okay. For me. Okay. Sean? I'm going to go with Mario Kart 8 because not only did Nintendo do a great job with the game, they're actually showing us that they know how to handle DLC rather well. So Mario Kart 8 is our winner. I am also voting for Mario Kart 8 specifically because of the DLC. I would have voted the other way if they didn't have that DLC plan. But congratulations, Mario Kart 8. You are moving on to the next round. Congratulations to Mario Kart. Now we have to move on to our next head-to-head. We're talking about Wayward Souls and Shovel Knight. This is a tough one. Sean Hatton, what do you say? Well, it's not very tough for me because I got to go with Shovel Knight. People have already seen that Shovel Knight was one of my three favorite games of the year. This is like the game that was made just for me. You know, it's got pixel art. It's got cool chiptunes music. It's difficult. It has that replayability factor that keeps me wanting to go back and do better. So I'm going with Shovel Knight. I love both of these games. I would give them both a 10, and they both are perfect examples of doing a missing cartridge type game. If I have to pick one, though, it's Shovel Knight. Oh, yep. it's a good choice, Victor Lucas. What do you say, Raju? The retro stuff, there's almost too much of it, but you know what? I think Shovel Knight did it beautifully. I like Weird Souls a lot, but it's got to be Shovel Knight. <laughs> Well, 
I do love me some roguelike gaming, but I can't say no to Shovel Knight. It's got shovels and knights. <laughs> I know, <laughs> shovels are important. Steve Tilly. I love roguelike games. It's kind of my jam, but Shovel Knight, even though I'm sick of the retro stuff too, Shovel Knight was so well done. The level design was so spot on. It really evoked that feeling of the old 16-bit cartridge games yeah. in a way that not all these retro games can, so I gotta go with Shovel Knight. Okay, so I guess we're all going with Shovel Knight then. I didn't really hear from the rest of this side of the room, but are we gonna go with Shovel Knight? Yes, definitely. Oh, I mean, okay. Wayward Souls reminds me a little bit of Dark Souls, yeah. and I just proclaimed my love for Dark Souls too, but what Shovel Knight did is it reminded me of Cave Story a little bit, like how do you take an old game and refresh it and make it new and interesting? I fell in love with it. Who didn't? I mean, maybe, well, maybe Scott. Maybe Scott Johnson. Well, I would prefer not to vote on this one because I agree with what Raju said earlier. It's too much looking back. I really didn't get seduced by Shovel Knight the way that obviously all of you have been seduced. <laughs> and I have to vote, so I guess I'll just say well, Shovel you, Knight. You don't, you, you don't, <laughs> have, to, you don't have to vote this time around because it's already covered. Yep, Shovel Knight. A vote I'm of no voting. confidence yeah. here. <laughs> exactly. Right, so congratulations, Shovel Knight. We've got a lot more from the Rocket and Ray Gun Awards. Don't go away. Welcome back to the red carpet for the Oscars 2015. Now, all of these sharp-dressed people are here for the Rocket and Raygun Awards 2014. And we're going to start here with the next round of our brackets. We're talking about Sunset Overdrive versus Far Cry 4. And let's get started with Steve Tilly. Well, that's a tough couple to pit against each other right off the bat. I think these are probably my two favorite action games of the year. And I love Far Cry 3, so naturally I love Far Cry 4, because Far Cry 4 is kind of Far Cry 3 with rhinos and yeah. uh, mountains and stuff. Not that that's a bad thing, I was totally into that. Sunset Overdrive, though, kind of surprised me. I didn't think much of this game going into it, and I didn't like the first couple hours. I was not enamored of the attitude. Yeah, Dude, yeah, First baby, couple baby, hours, baby, that's baby. quite a bit for I a video game. I had to get through game, that. But once I got past it, this was, to me, one of the more original action games of the year. The fact that it wasn't a retread, it was taking stuff from all kinds of things that we liked and combining it with a new package. I actually really dug Sunset Overdrive. Very brave choice there. Let's move on to Ben Silverman. I am thrilled and shocked that Steve Tilly didn't pick Far Cry 4. And I agree with Steve 100%. I'm actually going to agree 112%. Because for me, Far Cry 4, I had a really hard time getting into it. Maybe it was because it came out at the end of the year and it's like, I don't have the time to open up a map and just see a trillion things. Far Cry 4, I'm like, I got to get all the way over there. It's going to take forever. And Sunset Overdrive, you know, you just grind your way there and have all kinds of fun on the way. I think that game is so innovative and interesting because it takes games you love and smashes them into something new. I'm all about new IP this year. Too many sequels. Sunset Overdrive. Two votes so far for Sunset Overdrive. Mr. Sean Hatton, you're next. The thing I like about Sunset Overdrive is it does take its influences from so many different kinds of games, puts them all in one, and both it and Far Cry 4 are very similar in that they're both really wacky out there games, but the only game that lets you know that it knows it's wacky is Sunset Overdrive. If this were a video game, I could just go to a menu or something. Pay attention, players! I was totally into it, so I'm going for Sunset Overdrive. Well, the scales wow. are about to tip in the favor of Sunset Overdrive. Jose Sanchez, your vote, please. You know, I'm a huge fan of Pagan Men. That guy kills a guy with a pen. I hate when things get out of control. You're like, what? I thought Boss was crazy in Far Cry 3. This guy is absolutely nuts. But like the consensus on the group, I love me some Sunset Overdrive. Got a f Yeah. It is the holiday season, and I think this goose is cooked, but Marissa Roberto, I want to hear from you. I I can't even believe this, yeah. you guys. Are you serious I'm right now? No, hold, hold on a second. You're making some compelling points for sure, but are you serious? <laughs> Far Cry 4 is unbelievable. How could you let the scales tip in Sunset Overdrive's favor? Even though it's more of the same, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful game. So two votes for Far Cry 4, Raju. Yeah. Far Cry 4 is amazing, but I think it is too similar to the old it game. Is very and the thing with Sunset Overdrive is, is that I found that I'm still going back. And I think this is the thing with these two games. Which of the gameplays do you prefer? I yeah. mean, Far Cry 4 perfected something that was Far Cry 3 and quite good. Sunset Overdrive is something new and takes Crackdown, takes all these other games that I know and love. So I guess that's it. Sunset Overdrive, you! Ted Price are the winner.
Well, that was definitely a surprise, but now we've got two more games going head to head. This is Monument Valley versus Bayonetta 2. Bayonetta's back in a big way. Scott, what'd you think? Bayonetta, I've always had a soft spot and a hard spot for, no, I'm sorry, can I say that? Is this a family show? I love Bayonetta 2, I love that this game came back. Bayonetta 2 for me all the way. You're putting on quite a show, little magician. I have to say that Bayonetta really did surprise me. I didn't think I would love it, and I absolutely did, but I just loved Monument Valley that much more, so it's getting my vote. All right, so one and one, Raju. I think Monument Valley is way too precious, and so, Bayonetta 2, you know, it actually is seducing me for my Wii U. I think that my Wii U has gotten a lot more uses this year. So it's uh, it's pretty sure that Bayonetta satisfied Raju's Wii. Ben, <laughs> did it satisfy your Wii as well? Well, I spent some time with my Wii and Bayonetta 2, and we got along pretty well. Monument Valley, very cool game, great match for my iPad. Bayonetta 2 had a lot more there, a lot more gameplay, and it did get me playing with my Wii U. Yeah. There it is, that's three votes. Steve? Well, Monument Valley is a beautiful piece of art. That only carries you so far. I mean, once you burn through all 10 levels, you're kind of done with that game, whereas Bayonetta 2 was that kind of action really, really distilled into something great. I think Bayonetta 2 is the better video game. Vic, do you feel the same? Bayonetta 2 is a remarkable impossibility. I'm glad that Nintendo brought it to market. It's incredible, but it's very similar to the first Bayonetta. So my votes for Monument Valley, I think it was one of the best pieces of software this year, absolutely. Sean. I don't want to look at the iPad as a game machine anymore. I want to look at it as a productivity kind of machine. Mm. Even outside of that, I think Bayonetta 2 is the much more enjoyable game. And Bayonetta is going to be getting my vote as well because I love curves and she's very nice to look at. But I'm excited to see what's happening in the next round of the Rocket and Ray Guns after this. Welcome back to the Rocket and Raygun Awards. In our last segment, there was a monumental decision made, and we all went with Bayonetta 2, pretty much. <laughs> Next up, we've got NBA 2K15 versus a game that is very similar to it, actually. Shadow of Mordor. Jose, let's start with you. Man, these are two games that I really enjoyed. I mean, I've loved NBA 2K ever since they put Jordan on the cover and they brought him back. The game's still great. It's still probably the best sports game you can play this year. But Shadow of Mordor, I surprisingly enjoyed more than I thought I was going to because it looks very similar to sort of an Assassin's Creed Batman mashup. Two kind of awesome games that you should mash up and put Lord of the Rings involved in that. Throw in some Gollum, heads rolling, bloodshed everywhere. I like seeing new games this year, and so I'm giving my nod to Shadow of Mordor. All right, Vic, how about you? I back up everything Jose just said. Thank very you. Very eloquent, my friend. Uh, NBA 2K15 was the best sports game of the year again, and it's just amazing to see 2K not rest and always deliver with something really remarkable. But Shadow of Mordor is a brand new experience. Everybody was expecting this not to deliver, and boy, did Monolith and Warner Brothers really deliver a remarkable experience. It's an amazing game. Shadow gets my vote. All right, Shadow of Mordor up by two at the first quarter. Ben, what do you think? Well, I got to say, I know how much you're a big fan of NBA 2K15. You've been praising it. Yes. This is not my favorite sports game of the year, and I'm a huge fan of the franchise. I think they dropped the ball this year. Shadow of Mordor, what a revelation this was for me. You know, this Nemesis system is a game-changing addition. It didn't work perfectly, but it gave you a different thing to do in an open-world game, and that's so hard to do. We see so many open-world games just copy the same formula. This was new, this was different, this wins. Looks like the Nemesis system is a big deciding factor here. Let's go to my Nemesis, Scott Jones. What do you think? I'm so done with Lord of the Rings. I'm done with Peter Jackson's movies. I'm done with the damn Hobbit. I'm done. I have Game of Thrones now. It's like Lord of the Rings, but with boobs. <laughs> and I started playing this game a few months later, and I thought I was a fool. Shadow of Mordor all the way. All right. Looks like we have uh, Shadow of Mordor winning by a landslide here, Steve. Well, I guess my opinion doesn't really count then, but I'm with you guys. Shadow of Mordor was something new. I think it's a great basis for what I hope is a continuing franchise. I think it was a good starting point, and I can't wait to see what they do next. But yeah, those two games, it's got to be Shadow of Mordor. Asking for more Lord of the Rings is dangerous. <laughs> Raju? Mordor was one of my favorite games of the year. The lesson here is to put at least one new thing into something that echoes older games. At least. Marissa, your vote really doesn't matter at this point. By the way, what do you think? Well, I thought I wouldn't enjoy killing all of these orcs, but I did, and that's why it's getting my vote. Well, I too am sick of Lord of the Rings, but Shadow of Mordor is a much more enjoyable game than any basketball game because I don't really like basketball all that much. <laughs> so, Shadow of Mordor, congratulations. You are our first shutout of the Rocket and Raygun Awards.
Congrats to my precious Shadow of Mordor for that huge win. We gotta keep moving here. We're now on to Wolfenstein <laughs> versus Smash Brothers. I don't know who wrote these brackets. This is some BCS BS, but we've gotta get through this one because we, we gotta keep these brackets moving. Scott, very crazy matchup here. What are you gonna go with? I think that Machine Games did a terrific job, not really reinventing or redrawing the playbook, but by doing enough to keep me interested, to keep me playing, and to keep me trying to go into these rooms, and very few games do that anymore, all for Wolfenstein, all the way. Steve, do you feel the same way Scott does about these? Oddly enough, yeah. I was so disenchanted with the story-driven first-person shooter, and Wolfenstein kind of brought that back. It is a game that is far more clever, far better designed than it has any right to be. It delivered in a way that I wasn't expecting, whereas Smash Brothers delivered in a way I absolutely was expecting, so I think I gotta go with Wolfenstein. I'm going for Wolfenstein as well. As much as I love Smash Brothers, I've played hundreds of Smash matches, but Wolfenstein is a game that I was not expecting to rock so friggin' hard. It's what I loved about video games growing up as a kid, but something that I can get into now. Marissa, what do you think? Look, I always hated Smash Brothers, and then I got it on my 3DS, and I fell in love with it. So I have to go with Smash Brothers only because it won me over, strangely. Not all games can do that. Vic, did it do it for you Smash as well? Brothers won me over, absolutely. Wolfenstein's awesome, and congrats to Machine Games, but it's not the best shooter of the year, and Smash Brothers is the best fighting game of the year. Yeah. Roger, what do you think? I have to go with Wolfenstein. Never gets old killing Nazis, no. And, yeah, and the robot, and, and the robotic right dog. Exactly. Yeah, so. I agree 100%. <laughs> Foobs, do you agree as well? I totally agree. Not saying that Smash Brothers was bad, but I love me some Wolfenstein. Yeah. So get my vote. Well, I, I would typically vote for Wolfenstein because you know how I feel about Nazis, but I'm actually going to go with Smash Brothers too because it was, it was just such a tour de force of Nintendo nostalgia. These levels, the characters, you get to fight as the Duck Hunt dog. I'm on board, man. But Wolfenstein was a great game, and in fact, it's the big winner of this bracket. So congratulations to Wolfenstein. Excellent job. We'll be right back with some more Rocket and Ray Guns. Welcome back to the Rocket and Ray Guns, and we have a biggie right here. Mm -hmm. This is Titanfall versus Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Vic, you made the brackets. Yeah. This is a really good one. Yeah, Titanfall blew us out of the water with its launch on the Xbox One. It really was the reason to get the system. It may still be. But Call of Duty, we had written off the series a little bit. Holy crap, did they come back strong with an incredible title. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare is so much fun, and it delivers most of the enjoyment that you get out of Titanfall and a whole lot more. It's definitely getting my vote. Ben, how about you? That's a very tough one here, and Jose and I reviewed both of these games. I really loved what they did with Call of Duty and was so surprised. Even though we saw it in previews and saw it at E3 and saw what was coming, it's not until you really get your hands on it and you start to say, wow, they've really taken Call of Duty and injected it with something new. It still feels like Call of Duty, but it also feels like kind of a fresh game. You know, I think this is the year all these shooters got really vertical. I know you're a big Destiny fan, so I'm really curious about what these games would you prefer. I was really in love with what Respawn did with Titanfall, but when you look at what Titanfall offers, which is primarily an online multiplayer experience with a very limited story mode, versus Call of Duty, which has the incredible online experience we expect with all kinds of new stuff, plus possibly the best story in a Call of Duty game and I don't know, several installments. But the fact you got Kevin frickin' Spacey in your game to begin with is amazing. And I actually, for the first time in a Call of Duty game, felt like I was being carried along with the story. They did it so well that it's gotta get the vote over Titanfall, I think. My boy doing? He's a work in progress. Well, keep working. This is a great soldier. Jose. I'm sticking to my tried and true, I love new IP. We have new consoles, I love seeing new IP. Titanfall came out, Xbox One exclusive. I was super stoked to play it. And you know, I play these games for the single player as well. You know, a lot of the people who play Call of Duty, skip it. But I enjoyed the single player in Call of Duty. I wish the single player in Titanfall was a little bit better, so my nod goes to Call of Duty. Well, I think that is our winner then, but Marissa and Sean, anything like that? Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter at this point, <laughs> but Titanfall did really surprise me, honestly, and I do want to applaud that game for actually bringing me in and making me enjoy a video game like that, but I would have to give it to Call of Duty for the single player campaign, because it is quite good. Well done, Titanfall. Advanced Warfare advances in our competition, and now we're looking at a perfectly logical matchup. That is Hearthstone versus Dragon Age Inquisition. And I can see Ben already holding his head, but Marissa, let's hear from you first. Okay. The um, free-to-play trading card game versus one of the deepest RPGs we've seen I in years. I know, I know, a card game. 
on my iPad. I couldn't even believe this actually made it until I started playing it because I saw your review and although you guys loved it so much, it didn't sell me enough to actually download the game and play it. I'll try so, harder next time. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. No, because it's a freemium card game. Just forget it. But I jumped into this thing and it's so much fun. But obviously, I have to give it to Dragon Age Inquisition. Are you kidding me? This game provides hours and hours of fun, so I have to give that the nod. It's a massive rift into the world of demons that grows larger with each passing hour. I really enjoyed Dragon Age Inquisition. I love the story, I love fantasy role-playing games, and I think Bioware is one of the best names in making role-playing games. So I'm gonna go with Dragon Age Inquisition. Ben, you are possibly the biggest fan I know of Hearthstone in the world, and I know that this particular bracket breaks you. What I wanna know is what I did to Victor Lucas. <laughs> We gotta hash it out, man. Which one goes forward? So these are like my one and two, pretty much for the year. I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. And I know that this entire crowd is gonna go with Dragon Age. So I'm gonna talk about Hearthstone again for a minute about why I think it's so remarkable. It is the future of smart free-to-play game design. I have not spent one dime other than on the expansions on this game, and I've gotten hundreds of hours of enjoyment out of it. I think it's a brilliantly balanced game. It's got the Blizzard polish. It's an amazing achievement. I'm just gonna go ahead and vote Hearthstone because I know it ain't gonna win. But I love you, Blizzard. I love you, Hearthstone. Up yours, Vic. That's the, that's the spirit. Well, Vic, what are you saying about these two? Dragon Age, I think, is pure next-gen escapism. I think it's Bioware's biggest game. It's their boldest game. It's their strongest game. It's definitely my pick. Well, it sounds like the sword is tipping in Dragon Age's favor. Which way are you going to weigh in? I'm rolling with Dragon Age as well. I mean, I'll be honest, though. I'm not a big card battle fan, and I totally got sucked into Hearthstone. I yeah. think that they did an amazing thing there. But come on. <laughs> Dragon Age. Scotty Jones, did you get a lot of romance out of Dragon Age? Uh, I'm going to say Hearthstone. I couldn't even find it in the iOS store because I didn't know it was completely free. We're kind of divided on this one. Oops. I enjoyed the previous Dragon Age games, and I enjoyed this one as well, and so I'm giving my nod to Dragon Age. I think everybody expected the Dragon Age Inquisition to win, and it takes this category. Absolutely. Congratulations to Bioware and Dragon Age. We will see you tomorrow as the rocket and ray guns continue, and make sure you catch up on all of our reviews throughout the year at EPN.TV. Thanks for watching. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Lucas, I hate to complain, but it is really hot in the studio today, and I cannot figure out why. I think it's because we have all of these hot bodies in the studio with us. It's day two of the Rocket and Raygun Awards. Welcome to Reviews on the Run. Welcome to the show, everybody. We have a bracket format, in case you couldn't have guessed by watching uh, yesterday's Rocket and Raygun Awards. Today, we are moving on. We've got eight that will go down to our final four. Our first matchup is Shovel Knight going head-to-head -head against Mario Kart 8. Scott Jones, who progresses from those two? Well, this is a very interesting showdown, or is it? Come on, it is. Mario Kart, as usual, you guys know how I feel about this. I already own this game. In fact, I own seven versions of this game already. This just happens to be the most recent version of Mario Kart, and it pretty much operates the way all the other versions have operated. It's hard for me to vote for it, but I also have a hard time voting for Shovel Knight, which is yet another one of these look back, rear view mirror type video games. But of the two games, I gotta pick Shovel Knight, I guess. It's kind of a standoff. All right, Sean Hatton, how about yourself, my friend? We talk a lot about games that try to capture that retro aesthetic, and what Shovel Knight does correctly is it gets the pixel art, it gets the visuals right, it gets the sound right. <laughs> And it gets the feeling right. It feels like this is an NES game or a Super Nintendo game that I just missed the first time around. And it's everything good about DuckTales and Castlevania and all the other games that it borrows from, but and it's made interesting into something new. Because people that used to work at WayForward made this game. They're called Yacht Club games now. What they couldn't do with WayForward, they have done with this new version of the company that they built together. And I think you're exactly right. This is a game that really nailed it. I grew up playing Mario Kart. I enjoyed the hell out of Mario Kart then. I still love me some Shovel Knight, but I have to give my nod to Mario Kart. I think you guys are absolutely right, and I, I'm getting tired of these look back as well. I mean, I love my retro experiences, but you know what? It's just too much, and even though Shovel Knight did it so well, they perfected it. 
do we need to keep going back? But then you can argue that, you know, Mario Kart was also born on the SNES, and yep. we're also kind also of as a look back as well. well yeah. My brain loves Shovel Knight, but I had more fun with Mario Kart playing with friends, even playing online. I know it's tired, and we accuse them of recycling these franchises, but they recycle the franchises in a way that are just so beautifully done and so much fun. They know the science of fun better than anybody. Yeah. And I had more fun with Mario Kart. Yeah, Raju? Shovel Knight was great. They did it perfectly. Right. And I had a ton of fun with it, but the Wii U needed Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. Like, it really needs these yeah. big games. This is a console that's on life support right now, and this is the year, and that was sort of the beginning. And Mario Kart also needed to be in HD, I think. Absolutely. Well, and yeah. you know, with the DLC, it's kind of like, okay, look, Nintendo slowly getting with the time. Still, probably about five years back. But this is what Nintendo does, so right? You know, we are talking about this nostalgia experience. They have made their business to make these things and make them feel just new enough. Yeah. But it's Mario Kart 8. Okay, so help me out with the count here. We three, three, two. And three and two. Okay, Marissa, what are you going to uh, vote for? Oh, geez. I love me some Shovel Knight, absolutely. I love that it's not just on the Wii U. We can take it portably as well. Mm -hmm. I do love that. But I have to think of my awesome family times that I'm about to have at Christmas, and I can only really have those times with Mario Kart. It's just one of those games that I always go back to, and I always think about my childhood, and Mario Kart has to get my vote. <laughs> Mario Kart mended my relationship with Nintendo, mm. who I was so exhausted with. They had not released many Wii U games. That system gathered dust. That game came out, and that was Nintendo cooking with love. Given it isn't the most, you know, innovative game ever. To say it again. Yeah, it's not. I grant that. Nope, but Shovel Knight, to me, as much as I like it, I think it's ironic the company used to be called Way Forward because yeah. this is looking back, and I like that it does a great job of doing NES games. I like that it does that particular difficult platforming thing so well but I've already done that I've done yeah. it a million times and I've done Mario Kart but I haven't done Mario Kart looking that beautifully it came at the right time it's just more fun look they got the online working and it worked smoothly and yeah. that I know that sounds ridiculous <laughs> but like credit where credit is due well, they figured it out also not a lot of people playing it online like because how many people have the Wii U because there's not enough so you can't form us had a great time playing this online. So. Well, there's another couple of significant things as well. The DLC is the first time that other characters in the Nintendo universe are a part of Mario Kart 8, which is exactly the right move for the Mario Kart franchise to go. I think it's really significant that you can race as Link. But I also like in Shovel Knight that this is kind of like the origin story of a great new character that hopefully will one day be in Mario Kart. Shovel Knight is such a cool character. No, I think it'd be great. And it's such an important game. You guys just voted against Mario Kart for Shovel Knight. I think that's really significant. But Mario Kart 8 is our winner. <laughs> and we are going to be right back with more Rocket and Reagan Awards. Welcome back to the Rocket and Reagan Awards 2014. It's the holiday season. Lots of games to play. The next bracket is up. We're talking about Sunset Overdrive versus one of my favorite games of 2014. It's Bayonetta 2. Let's get things started with Steve Tilly. Steve, which one are you going to choose? Wow, this is a tougher pairing. I mean, Bayonetta 2 really got that type of action perfect. I mean, Bayonetta was a great game. Bayonetta 2 built on everything that Bayonetta did. It was a game that the Wii U needed. I mean, the Wii U needs games that are outside of the Nintendo universe, right, that are exclusive to the console. But, 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 I think that the Xbox One needed some exclusives as well this year. And there was something about Sunset that clicked for me more than Bayonetta. And even though Bayonetta is super sexy, my girl in Sunset Overdrive, what I created, was sexier. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying that. She was sexier. Okay, here right? we go. Just to clarify, you created an avatar for yourself that was a woman. I, that's always, okay. that's I always play as female avatars. Yeah. We know that. You're a strange man, and I don't entirely understand you, but thank you for your vote, Sunset Overdrive. Mercy Roberto, let's move on to you. Bayonetta, I never thought that I would love because I'm so against this rampant sexism in video games, and she is so overtly sexual. She's in your face with her ass constantly but something strange happened to me when i was playing this game and i really felt empowered I, <laughs> I well yeah sure slightly turned on definitely she has this way about her that's so empowering she knows exactly who she is and what she wants and she goes after it and she's strong the whole way through she doesn't need anybody else my vote is going for bayonetta 2. Uh, so so far we have a sunset overdrive and a bayonetta 2. ben silverman i'm curious to hear from you you know you talked about satire with sunset overdrive there's satire in bayonetta 
as well. I mean, both of these games are satirical, and you have to take both of these games with a grain of salt because they go over the top in two totally different ways. I think of Bayonetta 2, I knew what to expect. I got into it. I got exactly what I expected, given some of those boss fights and some of the experiences, and the graphics were pretty outstanding and outlandish. I didn't really see that coming. But Sunset Overdrive, I was not excited about all year long. I thought it was just going to be a throwaway game. But when you start to get into the mechanics and you learn how to use these systems, the weapons and what weapons work best here and there, and when you really get good at navigating, it turns into a totally different game. Now, I'm going with Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive. Victor Lucas, I need you to weigh in. Uh, Sunset just didn't connect with me. But Bayonetta 2 is a painting come to life. It's so stylized, it's so surreal, and it's overtly sexual. And apart from all of that, it's just a beautiful game with really tight physics, really tight controls. It's just ridiculously fun. It's Bayonetta for me. Beautiful. Sean Hatton, I need to hear from you. I love the commentary in Sunset Overdrive. You know, of course, it's satire. It's funny. It knows it's a stupid, silly video game. But I love the satire of all these, like, brainless dude bros who are like, yeah, energy drink release, and then they're just brainless zombie guys. I mean, that's an easy joke to make, but I'm glad that it made that joke. Yeah. And it's just fun, man. You're shooting records at people. Have you ever tried holding even 10 records? That is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> You're ho holding this gun. It's got, like, 30 records, records, 50 records. <laughs> do, they, do they still sell them? You'll find out soon. <laughs> So votes are three Sunset, two Bayonetta. Raju, I need to hear from you. I did have some problems with Sunset Overdrive, but two things that I think are interesting about this game is that you know, it was made by Insomniac, and most of the experience have been Sony experiences. Yeah. So this is the first one on Xbox One. They brought that. It was nice to see there. And the other thing that I really like to do was the character creation. Mm -hmm. And you can change it any time in the game. I played around with it. You know what? My guy was goofy. I made him goofier. So, yes, I you, had a guy. You, I had a giant a, guy. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so what? And Bayonetta 2, again, it does build off Bayonetta 1. I mean, the interesting thing to me there is the fact that that game is on the Wii U. That it exists at all is an interesting thing. Yeah. And that's neat. And it's crazy. And it's hyper stylized. Both these games are. But Sunset on But the I think both yeah. games think they're smarter than they actually are. They yeah. think they're funnier than they actually are. And it's I, like us. It, it is exactly <laughs> like us. Well said, Sean. Jose, last word. It's funny that both these games made it into this category because they're very kind of similar, over the top, all kinds of crazy stuff in your face, especially if you're at Scott's house. Crazy stuff in your face. <laughs> you want to have to experience that. Now it's time to be naughty. But I really did enjoy Bayonetta 2. Also enjoyed Sunset Overdrive, and I think that I like Sunset Overdrive just a little bit more. I think that Bayonetta is the underdog here, only because of how heavily marketed and how much Sunset Overdrive was in our face for so oh, yeah. long. That's true, and, absolutely. Right, and Bayonetta, we hardly heard anything about right. it, and it hardly sold. So I feel like we should give more love to Bayonetta for that reason as well. Yeah. This is why I never buy anything on sale. My vote, of course, would be for Bayonetta 2, but it does not count. Sunset Overdrive, Ted Price, congratulations. <laughs> You're moving on to the next round, and we'll be right back with more Rocket and Ray Guns 2014. Welcome back to the 2014 Rocket and Reagan Awards. We've been having a lot of fun so far, although we've been disagreeing quite a oh, bit. Yeah. Right now we have Wolfenstein versus Shadow of Mordor. First I have to go to my pal Sean because I miss him so. Sean, what do you say? Well, both of these games came out earlier in the year and I wasn't looking forward to either of them to tell you the truth. Both of them are surprisingly excellent, but only Wolfenstein has the nightmare mode where you play the first level of the original Wolfenstein with new Wolfenstein controls. I already liked the game, but when that happened, I was like, this is it. Like, this is what it's all about. This is how you do a first-person shooter. Okay. There's so much great story involved. There's lots of challenges in the game as well. Sometimes it's a little too difficult for me, because unlike you, Scott, I can't bring it as well. But I still loved it a lot, so I'm going for Wolfenstein, the new order. Okay, how about Ben Silverman? Well, you know how I feel about the Nazis. You love them. Beef fries. <laughs> no, I mean, these are two power fantasies. That's what these games are about. Do you want to be a vengeful wraith? Power Ranger in Lord of the Rings, or do you want to kill a bunch of Nazis? I personally am super into the killing the Nazis. I don't like them. I'm not a fan of them. They're a bunch of jerks. But I had more fun with Mordor. I think it's a more important game. I think it's a game that's going to have more reverberations in the future, what we're going to be doing with open world games. Wolfenstein was a beautifully constructed single player shooter, and it's been a long time since we've had one that was like crafted and taken care of and nurtured like a single player game because they're so quick to just toss multiplayer modes. I love there was no multiplayer. I didn't want to play multiplayer. I liked the single player. It was a smart design decision. More companies should do that. Oh, I like you. Such a risk. 
resilient specimen. But Mordor to me, it's the game that I just couldn't stop playing. I want to invest more time in this world. I want them to take that nemesis system to the next level. I want to see where it goes. Wolfenstein, I already know where it goes. <laughs> I've been there a couple times. So I'm going to go with Mordor in this case. All right, Mordor for Ben Silverman. I think both of you made excellent points about both games. And I do think that if I'm going to be honest about Wolfenstein New Order, it's a little one note, especially when compared to the variety and the different things that you can do or the different ways you can play the game in Shadow of Mordor. I think that's amazing. I did like the look back in Wolfenstein. I do notice that you have a spot here on your pants that I think probably formed when you were playing that look back retro. <laughs> I mean, it's very enchanting for sure, and it was for Sean. I hate to pick one of these two. I probably had more fun, but I also was probably a little more dumb when I finished Wolfenstein. But I'm going to pick Shadow of Mortar. I think this game will persist. All right, Shadow of Mortar seems to be taking it on this side of the room. Jose, what do you say? Both solid games, both fun experiences, both different experiences, but there can only be one precious when <laughs> that Shadow of Mortar. You are banished from death. Cast adrift between the worlds of light and dark. Is that yeah, your no, input? That was it. Okay, <laughs> that, okay, great. So he's going with the precious. <laughs> it wasn't my Nazi impersonation. I'm from Gollum from Lord of the Rings series. Also in the Hobbit. Got you. He's okay. in the game of Shadow of Mordor. Okay, so I said that. It's so not Wolfenstein then. Great. Steve Tilly. I was so delighted with what Wolfenstein New Order did in crafting this single-player first-person shooter experience. We haven't seen a really good one in a long time, but... Shadow of Mortar just opened up and they take another familiar formula, the open world game, and added stuff to it. And like the nemesis system, I love the fact that if Talion got killed by a random orc, all of a sudden like douche the teabagger is a captain in the orc army. He's, <laughs> he's moving up the ranks, right? And he's gonna come back and bug me later. Yeah, I, 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 love that. <laughs> I love that aspect of it. <laughs> There's other little twists that they threw in there, and even though there's Assassin's Creed and Batman elements in that game, to take the best of that and then stick it in the Middle Earth lore, it just works so well. Oh my god, there's so many orcs, though. Yeah. There's so many orcs. Raju. You know what? These are actually two of my favorite games of the year, and I think that Wolfenstein, I think it's probably one of the best story-based shooters of the year, and I actually cared about the family and the girl he picks up, and there was a branching pass in there. It is only two stories, but you know what? I actually did play it twice because I wanted to find out what was different. That said, Mordor. I mean, Mordor is, <laughs> like, I don't, Mordor is, 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 is an important game this year. Take it away, Vila. Yeah, I think it's about the, uh, you know, personalization and the humanization even of these orcs and the different Nazi characters, but definitely of B.J. Blaskowitz. He's a real person in this game. You really care about him, and he goes through hell, not just on the battlefield, but internally as well, and I really admired that. That being said, though, I think that I think Bethesda and Machine Games should have worked with another team to put a really incredible multiplayer game in there. Wolfenstein has a big, big history of great multiplayer experiences, and I think it was missing this time with this game. Multiplayer, you know, everyone only plays it for two weeks, and then it goes away. Not if it's great. And there's been some great Wolfenstein, and we're missing uh, hunting and shooting at Nazis on the battlefield right now in multiplayer. The world has grown out of that era when we need great multiplayer, too. Well, I think we missed the single player in Titanfall, and I think we missed the multiplayer in Wolfenstein. And, and we got all of that with Call of Duty, but Shadow of Mordor definitely, with its nemesis system, with understanding who these orcs were and how they tie into the story, definitely it's a better game. I'm going to give my vote to Shadow of Mordor, although I guess it doesn't really matter. Although, Sean, you're left out here. I'm sorry, bud. We'll be right back with more Rockin' and Ray Guns after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rocket and Raygun Awards. Before the break, everyone chose wrong and chose Shadow of Mordor to go on over Wolfenstein, the New Order. Anyhow, we're moving on. Now we're talking about Dragon Age Inquisition versus Call of Duty. I think this is the 52nd Call of Duty game. <laughs> Advanced Warfare. Vic, what are you going to pick? Call of Duty absolutely blew me away. And when I played it, I said this is definitely the game of the year. This is such an incredible experience. I love the production value. It's truly a next-gen experience. Kevin Spacey and some of the visuals that we have in this thing is so hyper-realistic. It looks like we're crossing over the Uncanny Valley. And I love the online. I love the single player. I loved all of the mobility. It's really vertical. It's a robust experience but then I started to play Dragon Age Inquisition and I was just lost in that first little part of the map thinking well wow, this is a little taking a long time to get going here and then I realized nope that's just a tiny 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 little fraction of how vast this is and how many cool experiences I was gonna have it 
astounds me how incredible Dragon Age Inquisition is. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even the world's biggest role-playing game fan out there. I do appreciate them, but I don't think you even have to be. This is just a behemoth. It's an incredible achievement. We will find those responsible and we will restore order. Steve, what are you going to vote for? Well, I think part of the reason I, I liked Call of Duty Advanced Warfare so much is my expectations were freaking low, as low as you can go. I'm tired of Call of Duty. I am just exhausted with the genre. I don't really get that much into the multiplayer, and the single-player experiences are usually terrible. This really elevated that. I mean, Sledgehammer put a lot of effort into telling the story of this game. They got some amazing talent. I mean, Kevin Spacey, as your bad guy, that was a brilliant move. However, that being said, nobody does the character-driven RPG like Bioware, my homies in Edmonton. And I think this is them at the top of their game. It's just like they know how to write characters that you actually care about. I didn't care about anybody in Call of Duty after the game was done. I cared a little bit about Kevin Spacey. But the relationships that I made in Dragon Age I think will stick with me a lot longer. It's just a bigger, more impressive game. So Dragon Age it is. Ben, you're up next. Well, I played all the Dragon Age games. I've been a huge fan of the franchise. I was so interested in how they were going to make my past experiences work with the new game. And they did something brilliant and very clever where they had the Dragon Age Keep, which you could go online and make all of your choices. It would actually import all of your choices from the older games and set up the world state so that you were able to kind of continue this. It kept that continuation of my experience with this series. That is an awesome trick. Yeah. And I think better than anybody, Bioware understands the importance of doing that, how that keeps you immersed in these worlds and keeps you caring about your characters. They would reference my warden from the first game, and I, I know that guy. I spent 75 hours with that guy. And they would mention the jerk from the second game I didn't really like, but I know that guy. I had to spend time with that jerk. And I just love the way that it drew me back into a fantasy world that I was so familiar with and introduced new things to me. It opened up these new areas, Orlay and Ferelden and how the two sides interacted. It's just a beautiful big RPG. As great as Call of Duty was this year, I'm glad to see it's on track. I also think they could take a year off. They should probably take a couple years off. Like Assassin's Creed 2. Like, like a lot of games need to take a year off. Far Cry could take a year off. I'm glad that Dragon Age has been spaced out the way it has. I was ready for that game this year. It was my Skyrim. I'm giving it the easy nod here. All right, Dragon Age is winning for now. Jose, what do you have to say? Well, you know, I do love me some K-Space. I'm not as close to K-Space. That's what Ben calls him, because him and Ben are pretty tight. But I enjoyed what Call of Duty did this year. I thought, you know, like you, tired of the franchise. Just another one. What are they going to do? Jetpacks, great. You can double jump. I can do that in Titanfall. What's so new about that? It's not very exciting. Can I, can't, I can't bring in Titan in? It's lame. Not really a big fan. But, you know, it shocked me. I was pleased with the experience that I got out of Call of Duty. But the Dragon Age series, that game has just been pulling me along for years. You know, me and Ben have been reviewing them for a while now, and then we've got this brand new one. It's so big, it's so massive. It's not just the character you create. You know, I'm playing with all the other characters in my party. There hasn't been another game that I've played that's like this, where I want to play as the other players. Usually I'm just focused on myself. This game, I'm like, no, I gotta be my mage. My dude will take care of business, because he's a badass. Go and do your thing. I'm just gonna... So that's what I did, and it was fun, and I had a good time, and that's why I'm giving Dragon Age my nod. Raju, I'm very interested in hearing what you have to say. I know you've played a lot of Dragon Age. Well, I think that the thing here is, is that Call of Duty, with Kevin Spacey, it's the movie game, right? It is sort of, you know, that Hollywoodization, and they did a great job with it. But that said, I think Bioware, Dragon Age, like they've perfected interactive fiction and all these characters and making you care and these epic, epic stories. It seems you hold the key to our salvation. Another vote for Dragon Age Inquisition. Marissa, who are you voting for? I'm also voting for Dragon Age Inquisition for obvious reasons, um, but I do love you, dude bros. Fight to fight. <laughs> Scott, we don't count at this point, but who are you voting for? Well, I don't like Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> I know Vic's been raving about this game all year, and I don't understand it, but you only get those climbing gloves when they let you have the climbing gloves, and you can only do the jump buzz thing when you get the jump buzz thing. If you go off the path 10 feet this way or 10 feet that way, well, you go back to the beginning. You got to do it again. This has always been the thing with Call of Duty. I am sick of this. I don't care if Kevin Spacey's in it. This game is out, and I am glad to see it go Dragon Age Inquisition. Everyone's really excited about Kevin Spacey as the villain. Wake me up when Call of Duty has Cobra Commander as the villain. I'm going with Dragon Age Inquisition, which means Dragon Age Inquisition is our winner. They're heading on to tomorrow's episode. Yeah, and we've gone from eight to four in this episode. Tomorrow it is four to our game of the year, so make sure you tune in for that. Thanks for watching, everybody. Get caught up at EPN.TV, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.
tonight's show, it is time for our most outrageous final rose ceremony no, no, ever no, on our no, show. The, the ro no roses. The roses are on this show that final you want. Rose tonight. That's the show you want to be on. We are giving You're a rocket. Miss it. We're giving a rocket and reggae award away for the best game of the year. Welcome to Reviews on the Final Rose. Yes, this is not a bachelor program. There are no roses being given away today. We may give out one of Scott's socks, however. Tell all. Yeah, all right. We are talking about the best games of the year. We've gone bracket style. We've gone from 16 down to 8. Now we're down to our final four. But before we get to that, we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the runners-up, some of the games that could have been in our bracket but didn't end up being there. Sean, what game would you have wanted to have uh, nominated? I would have nominated and voted consistently for Super Time Force, no matter who this game was up against, because this is a game that is contra to the next level. You get to do side-scrolling, shoot-em-up stuff, but with time travel, so when you die, you get to rewind time and go back, try to save your previous self, and if you do that, then your previous self becomes a power-up. Very good pick, Marissa. I know you've been busting to talk about this game for a long time. What would be your game okay. to be in the bracket? The whole time I've been in Vancouver, I've been talking about Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare because Sean and I... Oh, okay. Is, it, is, there a, is there a rose it's in great. it? No, that's okay. what I'm saying. Sean and I reviewed the Xbox One version just before I left Toronto. That was mm -hmm. actually one of the last games we reviewed together. But then it came to the PS4 and I was so excited to share it with you. Yeah. And then you came to the review and you were so disappointed with the game. You gave me all these excuses as to why you didn't <laughs> love it. I'm just, I'm really upset with you. Yeah, it, it surprises, it surprises you because everybody thinks I love everything, but I do not, in fact, love everything. You have a bag of nines. I do have a bag of nines. I did not throw a nine at this game. It's, it's decent. It's a, it's a pretty good game. It's decent, and then I gave it to Scott to try. I didn't like it. <laughs> Raju. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the Velocity 2X. Cool. Which is, you know, Vita on the PS4. I love the original version of this game. You can teleport your spaceship through all these mazes and puzzles. There's a lot of great ideas in a really small package, and I loved it. Awesome. Scott? Uh, I'm going to say uh, The Evil Within. I know everyone's going to hate that choice. It's kind of broken. The characters stink. And if you hated it at the beginning, you're going to really hate it by the end. <laughs> but I loved two-thirds of this game so much. Ben, what's your pick? Hey, Plants vs. Seriously, and then this over here. You know what? There's okay, one game. Us. There's one game that should have been on this list from the very, very beginning. Threes. I think this was an incredibly beautiful game in terms of its design. It's so simple. It was immediately copied. It was like, hey, this is an awesome game. And then, like, the next day, it was like 2040. Like, it was so awful yeah. how quickly that game got just overrun yeah, by copycats and I, yeah I seeing totally people did. playing 2048 i want to tell them to stop playing i want to delete it from Could whatever device it's on people are playing that because it's easier to add even digits than yeah, odd but the, ones the, but the beautiful yeah well then people are stupid <laughs> pillow all right Okay, awesome Jose, game. what do you got for us, man? Now, a game that I was so excited to play this year that I wasn't even sure was going to come out, but actually did, was South Park, The Stick of Truth. Nice, yes. nice. I mean, oh my god, it was so awesome, yes. <laughs> I could not stop playing this. It was such a different take on South Park, but it was so spot-on perfect. Yeah, that's it, little buddy. My choice is Divinity Original Sin, which was a Kickstarter game. It's a tactical, turn-based role-playing experience that is not easy at all. It will kill you so quickly. But it's beautiful, it's so smart, so intelligent, lots of great characters, lots of incredible detail. It's awesome. Ah! All right, Steve Tilly, and I did want to end with you because I think this is a very significant title you're about to Well, play. mine's a little really obscure little indie game called Destiny. I, I don't know how Destiny is not in the bracket. I know Destiny got a bad shake off the mark because it's a terrible story, it's familiar mechanics, but this is a game, and I'm kind of ashamed to say this on camera, I've put nearly 200 hours into it since it's released. It's really addictive. It is, I know, I should be ashamed, but there are so many mechanics under the surface in this game that only come out once you invest some time in it. You know what wrecked the whole buzz around Destiny was, was the buzz around Destiny. It makes a bad first impression, but if you stick with the relationship, yeah. it gets so much better, and uh, then you're happy and married. We have a lot of people here at EPN that are constantly bugging us about uh, Destiny not being in the brackets, but there's your mention right there. We've got a lot more from the Rocket and Ray Guns when we return. Don't go away. Welcome back.
back to the 2014 Rocket and Reagan Awards. Now, before we get to our final winner, there have been a few disappointments this year. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about them a lot on Vic's Basement. Uh, so I'm going to throw to you right now, Vic. What was your biggest disappointment? Uh, I think it, it isn't because it's a bad game. I actually, it's one of my go-to PlayStation 4 experiences because of how beautiful it is, but it didn't really live up to its potential, and that was Sucker Punch's Infamous Second Son, which had kind of a bunk story. I did like the DLC with Fetch, and I almost wish they had gone with her character as the core game for Infamous should have been Second Sister. You know, I think this is actually more of a trend thing, but it's like, you know, 2014, the years that games broke right. or shipped broken. Or this next gen, these great games, you're paying 70 bucks for them and they're not working as advertised. That's another problem. Yeah. Jose, what you got? You know, I also agree that games were broken this year unless you were a Nintendo game. Then your game were fine and it was amazing, but you had to get all the dust off of your Wii U before you could actually, you know, start to play it. It was the only problem. A big disappointment, Drive Club. Everybody was super excited. It's going to be what Gran Turismo could be and it's going to be this next iteration of Drive games. But the Drive Clubs didn't work. Yeah. You could form a club, but then the game came out and then clubs stopped working. So you could just drive. <laughs> Seriously? Our club, our club fell apart. Our, we had a great club. The Malachi Crunch. The Malachi Crunch did no longer exist on day one, launch day. It's like the first wheel of drive club is to play drive club. Second wheel of drive club is to not play drive club because you can't anymore and it's broken. Oh, but is that your disappointment then because you played with them? I didn't have any high expectations for drive club so I wasn't disappointed that it was broken. I was like, haha, totally vindicated because I didn't have any interest. I was actually really disappointed in Assassin's Creed because I thought that this was going to maybe bring me back in. I didn't like three. I liked four. We all liked Black Flag and I was like, I'm back. I think I can keep going with this. There were so many things about this game that drove me crazy. Yeah. I didn't like it one bit. I mean, I would actually go out on a limb and say the biggest disappointment this year that I had was Ubisoft because I think Far Cry 4 and Watch Dogs, which I'm sure someone's going to talk about, I think they had a rough year. Oh God, have mercy! I don't agree with you about Far Cry 4. I I enjoyed that game, but Sean, are you agreeing with Ben about the Ubisoft hate? Well, there's a lot of disappointments this year. One of them is NHL 15, which could have been a lot better considering this is new NHL on this current new gen. Absolutely. What a load of crap. For me, Watch Dogs is the biggest disappointment. This it's game. A list of disappointments. <laughs> One disappointment. Well, I'm disappointed in a lot of things, Scott. I'm disappointed in you, I'm actually, as well. <laughs> Watch Dogs is my big disappointment of the year because this was a game that we saw at E3 two years ago. It looked beautiful, and then you get the game, and everything just devolves into a firefight. <laughs> Steve Tilly, do you agree with Sean? I was not as disappointed with Watch Dogs. I mean, that game came with a lot of high expectations. The game that really kind of disappointed me this year was Alien Isolation. Mm. We had such high, high hopes for this game, and I played a, a big chunk of it. And it was like these condensed segments of absolute terror with these huge, stretched out, backtracking across the space station, avoiding robot segments. And it was like one of those rare games where it's far too, too long. long. I mean, they could have brought that into a really tight eight-hour experience. <laughs> I've been dying to hear, though, from Scott C. Jones. I am disappointed in a lot of things. A lot of the games that are in our brackets, I'll be honest, are disappointments for me. I don't think they necessarily belong there. It's not my show. It belongs to the show. It belongs to somebody else. But I want to say something that's more of a trend thing, and, and, and everybody's going to disagree with me, and I'm going to be the a-hole again. But I am so sick of seeing images of the Oculus Rift. I'm so tired of it, and it's not even out yet. You wear a scuba mask. <laughs> And you hold things in your hands, and I don't need that. I don't care what kind of experience you're even having inside the scuba mask. It is an awful direction for us to go in. I mean, everyone keeps looking at this thing like it's the second coming, and this is going to save us somehow. And it makes me sad. It makes me feel like the business has a big hole in the bottom of it, and this is the best we can come up with. I love that Scott's disappointed about something that's going to happen in the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, my biggest disappointment is the fact that nobody here seems to like Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. We're going to lighten the mood, though, after the break, where we announce the winner of the 2014 Rocket and Reagan Awards. It has all come down to this, the final four. Two days of brackets has led us to this point where now we have Mario Kart 8 going up against Sunset Overdrive. Ben, what did you think? This is crazy. I mean, these two games don't actually seem like they have anything in common, but they do. They're both about moving around. That's what you do. You move around in both of these games. You get into a cart, you move around, or you just grind on top of a telephone pole or whatever. For me, 
Sunset Overdrive, and I know that there are people on the panel who are not big fans of it, but this game made moving around fun again. And I loved how graceful I felt when I was playing the game. Even though the game is totally gritty and grimy, I just felt very empowered playing it. Mario Kart, beautiful. I've talked a lot about how much I love it, but not innovative. It's iterative. It does Mario Kart again. So for me, I'm going to send Sunset Overdrive to the finals. I think it deserves it. You know, I'm kind of amazed that Sunset Overdrive has gotten this Me far too. in this, yeah. actually. Uh, and, you know, I really want to reward the new IP, but the thing for me is, is that I hated all the characters in Sunset Overdrive, and I loved seeing all of the Mario characters again. Yeah. And I know it is repetitive, and, you know, there isn't all that much new in these games, but I kind of like it's an old worn blanket that you should wrap yourself in. And the other thing for me was is that, you know, this is the game that I spent the most time playing with my family. Yeah. And those were the best times. That's so significant, for sure. Mario Kart 8 for me. Yep. Ties it up, Steve. Tiebreaker. I think you probably could have spent a lot of time playing Sunset with your family. You had your little, your little girl violently slaughtering mutants. I feel the same way about Mario Kart 8. It's a game that I didn't think I wanted to play anymore Mario Kart, and I didn't think I would get anything new out of Mario Kart. But the mechanics are just so familiar yet beautifully done. And yet, Sunset, again, a game I did not like through the first hour or two, I did love the fact that the game was so self-aware. It's all about, we're a game, you're a gamer, we know, we're talking to each other, and we're having a lot of fun. Even though Mario Kart is dear to my heart, I feel like Sunset has to be rewarded for what it did differently. Two votes for Sunset. Scott Jones, game hater. Yeah, I don't like either of these games. Sean! And so I, I gotta pick one, though, and so I, I don't know, Sunset, I guess? Sean Hatton? Sunset Overdrive. Victor wow. Lucas. Mario Kart 8. I'm not a fan of Sunset. Mm, okay. Marissa? Yes? What do you think? Well, I love the team and Insomniac for sure, but I have to go with Mario Kart. Mm. That's tough. It all, it all comes down to me, huh? You guys are going to do this to me? This is the last time I host a segment on your <laughs> show. I got to applaud Sunset for having new IP and just bringing something that I thought I wasn't going to like and make me enjoy it as much as I did. Mario Kart still tried and true was as good as it always is, but I'm going to give my nod to Sunset Overdrive. Oh, wow, an unlikely finalist in Sunset Overdrive. I'm very happy about that. But we've got another finalist to pick right now, guys. And this is going to be super hard. We've got Dragon Age Inquisition mm -hmm. versus Shadow of Mordor. What a nightmare. Vic, can you help us through this? Oh, man, this is a really tough one because when you play Dragon Age Inquisition, I think the weakest part of it is the visceral vibe that you get from the combat. It's really cool tactically. It's wonderful to watch the screen light up with all of the carnage, but you don't get that twitchy fun that you get out of playing something like Shadow of Mordor. So in a way, they work together so wonderfully. You can go from this really robust, intelligent RPG to this hack and slash intelligent RPG. And the covers kind of look the same too, and you're not disappointed. You're not disappointed when either one of those discs goes into the system. It's like, okay, I'll play this right now. These are both amazing. But if I've got to pick between the two, I think Dragon Age is just a phenomenal achievement for the medium. It's just an incredible accomplishment. It's it's definitely one of Dragon Sometimes Age. Sometimes bigger is definitely better. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out if everyone agrees though. Marissa, what do you think? I have to agree with Vic. Dragon Age Inquisition just has this pull on me right now. I keep going back to this game, and I love these RPGs. I love traversing this world, and there's always so many tasks being thrown at you, and sometimes I feel like I can't handle it all because I'm also handling <laughs> each one of my characters as well in combat, so sometimes it feels like it's too much. So which <laughs> one are you going with, Dragon Age? Yeah. Dragon Age, okay, we got a bunch of Dragon Age. Let's get back to this. We got a good fight here. Sean, what are you going to go with? Looks like I'm going to maybe tilt the scale a little bit. Probably not because it's just one vote. I'm going to go with Shadow of Mordor. I know I haven't been voting this in the previous episodes, but Vic, you mentioned combat, and the combat in Dragon Age is, quite frankly, disappointing. I love the story. I love getting into it with the dialogue trees. I think Bioware is at the top of the game as far as that's concerned. But I wish the combat was better in these games. It always feels so clunky. I feel like I'm not as good as I should be. And I feel like, okay, maybe I'm just tackling the situation wrong. Whereas maybe I'm just not good at video games. Get Scott's VHS set. It's really, you'll learn a lot. So I'm going to go with Shadow of Mordor because, damn, the combat in that game is solid and it's just a lot of fun. 
Look at this, two to one, it's yep. starting. I can feel this getting tough, Scott. Yeah, I'm gonna say something you guys are not gonna believe. Minecraft is my pick for this. No, I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, Mordor is my pick. It I love that game. Two I think that's Two great. and two, let's go through the line. Raju, what do you think? Both impressive games, but I had more fun with Mordor. Let's go, my vote. Okay, Three little two. one for Mordor, Steve. Uh, I hate to put somebody in this position again, but I feel like Shadow of Mordor is a great first game in a franchise, and I feel like Dragon Age was a great cap to a trilogy. So it's got to be Dragon Age for me. Okay, wow, we are in three. Three and three. I love me some Urukai, but I also love slaying some dragons, and slaying dragons hasn't been this fun since Skyrim. So my nod goes to Dragon so Age. dying when you start fighting the dragons. It is. You, think, you like, think you're tough? Oh, level yeah. 13? Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> So we've got, I think now we're four and three. It's pretty close. So I could tie it up with a mortar, but I'm not going to, guys. I'm going to go with Dragon Age Inquisition. Again, I've been in the Dragon Age franchise since it started. I loved it as much as I love Mordor, and I think Mordor is the best open world game of the year, but I think Dragon Age Inquisition is the best overall game, certainly in this bracket. We still have to decide, though, what's the game of the year. It's going to be either Dragon Age or Sunset Overdrive. We'll get to that next. to the Rocket and Reagan Awards 2014. It is time for the final rose ceremony. No, I mean the, the final game in our awards bracket. We've got Dragon Age Inquisition going up against Sunset Overdrive. Jose Sanchez, I'm going to start with you. I need you to pick which one of those two is the game of the year. Well, I was hoping that this final two games in this category would be a lot more difficult of a choice. It seemed like some of these categories, it was neck and neck, and I didn't know what to choose, but this one is a little bit easier for me. There's just something magical about slaying dragons. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. And when you get to do it, and there's like Freddie Prince Jr. is aside of you, and you're just like, what's up, Iron Bull? Let's do this. I got my mage with me. And we're just what about stuff. a city where there are mutants everywhere? <laughs> that, too, that? is awesome Okay. in itself. And you can shoot records, which, you know, Sean told us about. They're heavy. Okay. That's a tough thing to do. You're okay. just killing all I kinds of awesome which stuff. which one your pick is. Clearly, Dragon Age Inquisition. All right, let's move on to Steve Tilly. Steve, I need you to answer. I think Insomnia deserves a lot of kudos for getting this far with Sunset Overdrive. I mean, it's a game that takes the best. And that's, that's not a knock. Really it's not a backhanded the flaws in our bracket system. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does. It kind of does. And this is a game that takes the best of Ratchet and Clank and Jet Set Radio and Infamous and mixes it all together into something really special. And I'm so happy to see at least one new IP this year that knocked it out of the park. But then it's up against Bioware at the top of their game. I mean, Bioware, these guys who know how to do these, these stories that pull you in and get you invested in these worlds for dozens and dozens of hours. And I'll go back and I'll play Sunset again and I'll enjoy it, but I will not have that connection that I have to my homies and my homegirls in Dragon Age. I'm not sure why they're homies don't, and homegirls. Don't, but they're <laughs> don't say that anymore. And I think it's great to see Sunset in the final, but it's no contest, Dragon Age. Okay, so far, Dragon, Dragon, and Raju, I want you to go, but I want you to not use the template where you say something nice about the <laughs> game you're I not going to pick. <laughs> I promise I will and not. And then pick the game you're going to pick. I think the thing about Dragon Age is that, you know, <laughs> no, the problem with most games this year is that they didn't have any, any memorable characters. And this game had nine that you cared about, and for that reason alone, yeah, it's the game of the year. In Shadow, it's almost like the orcs had more personality than your main character. We're not really on you, Vic, but that's a good point. That's though. a good point, right? Okay. And Raju, that was a great point, and I'm glad you're on the show. Marissa Roberto, it's your turn now. Uh, Don't do the template. I won't do the... Okay, fine, Scott. I won't do the template. I, this is not going to come as a surprise at all because I've been voting for Dragon Age Inquisition the entire way through. Mm. I didn't give one vote to Sunset, actually. That makes me feel really sad because I do love the team there, and of course I applaud New IP for sure. It just wasn't the game for me. And Dragon Age Inquisition, that deserves Game of the Year. Ben Silverman, it's all dragons. Hearthstone. <laughs> Game of the year. No, that's not, that's not one this of the was already decided in the last bracket. Kind it of. should have been Mordor, I think, if we could redo this. Mordor versus Dragon Age in the final, because these seem to be the two top games of the year. I like Sunset. I'm trying not to template it right here, but... Dragon Age is big, spectacular. It's really hard to bet against a game of this size and scope that does so many things well. I love the fact that the combat let you be tactical or let you kind of be button mashy. It appealed to different kinds of gamers in different kinds of ways. It's so hard.
hard to yeah. do that. It's so easy to just kind of take that for granted. But you think about the Mass Effect games, they struggled with that too, right? The first game was way too wonky. The second game was a little too arcadey. And then the third game got it just right. Yeah. They did exactly that again. I mean, and arguably the ending is much better in Dragon Age Inquisition than Mass Effect 3. They didn't have that problem. I think this is easily the game of the year, at least if we're talking about this versus Sunset. Well said, you always have great points. And Sean Hatton, there's a lot of pressure on you now because some people have said some really smart things. I need you to say something smart. What I love about video games is that there's the escapism element to it. You go into a video game, you want to live in that world. And out of the two of these games, we could compare them to something else that I like, whiskey. There is, there is a very cheap kind of whiskey that has a cinnamon flavor, and it's nice sometimes, but you do a shot of it and you've had enough. But then you get some aged whiskey, you know, like 18-year-old scotch, and that's something that you sit with and you spend time with. And to me, it's Dragon Age Inquisition. That's the game you ultimately want to spend more time with. They're characters that you like, the characters that you care about, and you want to do the right thing in this world. Sunset Overdrive, whatever, the world's already falling apart. And you know, you're just wishing around. Yeah. yeah, there you go. EA and Bioware, you have your new cover line for your box art. It is just like a uh, expensive whiskey. Yep. Sean Hatton, reviews on the run. We're gonna go to Victor Lucas. Absolutely. Dragon Age Inquisition is not only one of the best games of this year, it's one of the best games ever made. It's an incredible game. It's an absolutely astounding title. And that is our winner a unanimous of vote. 2014. I can't believe it. I don't incredible. know if that's ever happened before. For a game of the year? I don't think Across so. Across the board. Yeah, incredible stuff. Congratulations, Bioware. Good year for you guys. And great to have all of you with us again. It's so incredible. This is my favorite time of the year. Is I love it. Is it Final Rose now? It is Final Rose. So I got the outfit on. Where? <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. We will see you next year. We're going to have lots of big games to talk about in 2015. We didn't talk about Batman. Batman. Yeah, all right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Catch up at epn.tv, and we'll see you there.